uh, yeah, this is, this is kind of that freestyle Sunday that I get to talk a little bit about the church and explain what's going on in the church. Um, we, we called it, at, at one point it was like the, sh- well, it was state of the church. But then I switched that analogy because I didn't quite like state of the church because it kind of felt very top-down-ish as if I'm the president and I'm telling you what's going on. And, and we've always kind of operated this church far more in, a, in a, like a, sh- a stakeholder or a shareholders meeting where we all have a part of this. We all are invested in this church. So I, 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 I've shifted way more towards that um, kind, of, kind of metaphor. And it's just kind of a, a time and an opportunity to remind ourselves what we're doing in this church and there's two sides to this. There's this kind of nuts and bolts, uh, which is just our board and the sermons and year in review and finances and vision. And then there's a little bit of part of that behind that, which is the theology of the church. Like, what, why do we, what are we doing when we gather here? Like, sometimes we just gather here and we don't necessarily think about, well, what are we doing here? You know, right? So we'll start with, with the nuts and bolts, and then I, we'll end kind of with the theology of the church and kind of what are we doing when we gather here on a Sunday morning. Um, and I just want to begin by reminding who our church board is, because not everybody knows who our church board is. We, we don't have like a, but it's Rob Glisson, the OG. <laughs> Since, and I could probably say before February 2011, because we started having conversations back in 2010, although it was official in, in February 2011. And then Molly and Dustin started in 2018. Uh, a couple, couple things about the board. Um, I mean, first off, the curse of the board continues. We have this, this joke that when you become a board member, at one point you end up leaving the church. And, you know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to compliment you in a second, but we will be looking for a new board member over the next couple months as Dustin and Ashley transition to, to um, Tennessee. Um, so just kind of putting out a little, a little invitation. If, if you feel like the Lord's like, hey, that, that could be something I could be interested in or let me pray about that. Let me see where the Lord's leading. You know, we, we will definitely be looking to kind of fill a spot there um, in, in the wake of Mr. Dustin Grimens. Um And with our board, any questions, concerns, feedback, thoughts to hear a different perspective about the church? Really, these, these three folks have, you know, over the past three, four years, have really been kind of helped in the guardrails to guide us where the Holy Spirit's leading this church. Um, and it's been, it's been awesome. And from the bottom of my heart, it, this is at least one Sunday a month where I just say to the board members, Rob and Dustin, and I think I saw Molly was listening online. Thank you. Thank you guys for, for serving, being faithful. Um, and a little personal compliment on, on each one. Rob, from day one, you have been the most faithful board member. I mean, week, week in and week out, month in, yearly, um, your faithfulness over a decade of, of church board member service, surely that's going to get you a front-of-the-line pass when you get to heaven. Trust me on that one. And then, really, though, thank you for your faithfulness was the word that came to mind when I thought about you. And then, I th- I, like I said, I think Molly was listening online, so Molly, if you're listening, um, <laughs> this is kind of like saying who my favorite child is, but I think that Molly may have been our the best board member our church has ever had. Um, and... Again, that's a little bit of like the favorite child. I'm not trying to do that. But uh, her insight and her wisdom and her, the way that she is able to kind of think through an issue and then articulate a perspective has been just a real gift to our church. And then my, my man, Dustin. So Rob's the most faithful. Molly might be the best. <laughs> Dustin, Dustin. 
Dustin might be the Dustin might be the greatest servant our church has ever had on the board, right? It, like Dustin, the way that you've served in the nursery and taken on that that leadership in the nursery, and you've served there. And then I think about what Jesus says when Jesus says, well, "What's the pathway to greatness? Is to serve." And so I, I was just thinking about each board member, thinking like, man, the way that these folks kind of all line up and then come together, um, and really again, just kind of guardrails for the way that the Holy Spirit is leading the church. Very. Very thankful uh, for, for Dustin, for Rob, for Molly. Thank you, guys. Um, and if you see the board afterwards, just give them a big hug. Tell them thank you because they have, they have done so much for our church. Um, over the last couple months, the sermons of 2021, we started back in, in you know, we were out in the park when we started the, the PB&J series. Thank you to my man, Phil, for help fill it in because I had Paul and I had Jesus. And he's like, well, you I mean, the Old Testament is kind of the Bible that Jesus read. So we had the PB&J series, and we, we looked at those passages of Paul where Jesus, he, he references Jesus through the Old Testament. Um, about midway through that, in about March, I think was when we moved in here, was when we actually came back in the building. We've been back in the rec hall for about a year now. Um, and then we, we did that Explain Like I'm Five series, and we looked at the life of Jesus, kind of different concepts around the life of Jesus, uh, kind of in that explain like I'm five. One of my favorite parts, and I don't know if this was your favorite part, but one of my favorite parts was the way that the community came together and kind of gave answers to these questions. Do you guys remember this? I know for some of you it was very stressful and you're like, oh man, I don't, uh, you're off the hook for this year. I won't, I won't be demanding any, any um, you know, church member sermons this, this year. But um, that was one of my, one of my highlights of 2021 was seeing all the different people kind of as we talked about all these concepts, they would say, oh yeah, and I studied this and I learned this and Rob did one and um, Phil did one and Elise and you did one and I'm trying to, who am I, Deetra, you, no? Deetra, no? I did one. Robin did one. Brian, Brian did one. Mm-hmm. Um, so Deetra, that means that you're up this year <laughs> for a full sermon. Yes, you did. I, I, I'm going off of that too. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that was a, that was a, a, you know, a great series. And then obviously the Trinity as we've just kind of finished that up. And again, the Trinity, the interpretive lens in which we understand everything, uh, Father, Son, Spirit, the love that's at the core of the universe. We understand our spirituality, our faith, what we're doing as a church in light of the Trinity. Um, so that's was 2021 and then 2022. What I, what I, what I'm thinking in 2022 is kind of going in these movements, I don't, this is just a, a general word, practically speaking, as we've kind of gone from that theological oriented um, series on the Trinity, kind of more the practical stuff. Obviously, Robbie came two weeks ago, spoke on finances, kind of real practical about the church this week. Next week is second Sunday. The week after that, my friend Dwayne's going to come and do a sermon on decision-making, which I think is real practical. We all have to make decisions throughout the, out the year and throughout the day, and so he has a real great process to lead us through decision-making. Um, and then for Lent this year, I want to go through the seven I am's of Jesus and John. So I am kind of Moses stands in front of the burning bush. God, what's your name? I am. And then in the gospel of John, Jesus says this phrase seven different times. I am the good shepherd. I am the bread of life. I am the living water. So it's this kind of combination, obviously the number seven being this perfection number, with this phrase, I am, and we're supposed to, like, hello, what Jesus is claiming is that oneness, again, as we would understand with the Father. So we'll do that for Lent, 
in the summer, we're going we're gonna to do the minor, we're going we're to roll into a minor profit, which I don't think we've been in the profits as a church. Anybody? No? We're going to go into the profits as a church. And then fall, we're going to go into the gospel of Mark. This sounds a little bit, so let me just say this. I don't, wanna, I don't want this to sound like a pastoral brag. You guys, I think I've mentioned this, that I've been working on memorizing the gospel of Mark, and I'm pretty much done with it. So I'm like at the very end of chapter 16. It's taken me about two years to, to memorize it. And I've, I've, I, it wasn't like, hey, I'm memorizing it so I can preach a sermon series on it later on. But I know that as I've lived with it over the past two years, like I, I've wanted to now kind of share out of that. So, and we've never, and the other thing is we've never done a, like just kind of gone through a gospel as a church. So I was like, you know what? The gospel of Mark, I've been living with it. It's, it's within me. And I want to kind of come and share out of that. So in the fall, we'll start this gospel of Mark. And, um, and then we'll just, we'll kind of, I, I think that's going to take us maybe a year plus to kind of get through that. Um, it's the shortest of the gospels, which is why I chose to memorize. I was like, well, I can do the shortest one. Um, but uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll do that in, in 2022. And then our Wednesday night gathering, which we um, obviously with the COVID we hit pause for quite some time, and then we got back together. We watched The Chosen together. Um, and if you haven't watched The Chosen, um, that's like kind of my one, my one binge recommendation. Yeah. Are you laughing at the knocking? Are you I laughing? Can you can binge on Jesus. I think that's <laughs> yeah. okay. No, it's, that you personally. Oh, me? Yeah. That I would binge on it? or Wait, because I don't binge? Yes. Oh. <laughs> if you wanted to binge on something, I know that that's part of it. Yeah. It's a good, I mean, we watched it, enjoyed it. It was, it was really well done. Well, we never binged it. We never even made it to season two. Has anybody done season two? Yep. Yeah. It's good? Yeah. All right, we're going to get back on it. Um, yeah, I, like I said, I, I, Christian, Christianity doesn't have a great reputation for quality media. Can we say that, right? It was, it was, really, it was really well done. Right. Um, and so anyway, that was our Wednesday night gatherings. Uh, let's talk a bit about finances. And, um, you know, I've said this before, but when churches talk about money, it's like having the talk with your teenager. Right. There's a little bit of awkwardness like, oh, man, what's he going to say? Is he going to pass the plate twice? Is he going to like tell us, you know, like, hey, like touch the TV screen and you're going to have money. You know, it just kind of gets awkward and people don't know what's going to happen. Um, but I, normally what we do on this morning is, is I'll, I would have a breakdown, kind of say 2020 compared to 2021, like kind of what was our giving at or our expenses, how was the money expensed. Um, and the gal who, who's our accountant, my beautiful wife's sister, um, is a professional accountant. That's what she did. And then she... Uh, kind of took some years off to, to do the mom thing. And she's kind of gotten back into accounting now that her kids are a little bit older. And she, as most of us, did the COVID dance around kind of that January, early January. So she's a little bit behind in her life. And I, she has all the financial stuff. I've given that to her. I don't have that breakdown, but I, I, as soon as I do have it, I think that it's important for a church to be transparent about finances. And we'll, we'll just look at that. And that way, if there's questions... You could ask me, you could ask a board member. Um, 
So I would say this, a couple things about our finances just off the top of my head. Um, our end of month in January for our savings account for our church, which is kind of like that's all we have is a, a checking or savings account or whatever, was about 14500 which a couple of years ago, maybe a year or two ago, you guys remember, we were dipping down more towards like six or seven. And we were kind of like thinking like, okay, at this burn rate, we got about like 18 more months of being a church and then, it's, and then we're going to have to. So the fact that we're at such a state, like I was talking to some friends last night. I was like, I feel like a church millionaire at the moment with that amount of money in the bank. I'm like, holy smokes, like, Lord, thank you so much. And our giving, you know, it's just been consistent and it's been collective, which has been such a joy to have. Um, uh, speaking of churches, bad reputations, churches don't also have a good reputation with finances. So it's always been very important to me. Um, oh, more aquaphor. Um, churches don't always have a good reputation. We just need a little break because it was getting real awkward. You guys were like... Uh, we don't have a good reputation, right? Like you can probably think of like, oh yeah, that church had a financial scandal and that person wears $9,000 shoes on the stage and that person, you know, drives a, flies around in a private. So really it's always been important for me to have our finances really transparent. I try and do that at least once a year. If you ever have a question about the finances, again, Dustin, Rob, you can always go talk to them. Um, say, hey, this is, this is what it is. Uh, now, when... With, with our church's giving, again, as I've kind of noticed it being collective, consistent, our church, I would say, is filled with financial servants who really are happy to give back uh, what God has entrusted them with. That's the whole principle behind giving, right? Is that God has trusted you with um, money and then he asks you to trust him with giving in return. And when you do that, it's not just for the church's sake you are not just funding an organization, right? I would say this, that giving is the opening of a door in your life to something far greater, far better, far more valuable than money, right? That's what giving is. Um, there's this proverb, and I know that I've, you've seen this proverb and I've used this proverb before, where in, in the Living Bible, it says it's possible to give away and become richer. It's also possible to hold on to too tightly and lose everything. Yes, the liberal man, read that as a non-political um, liberal, the liberal man shall be rich. By watering others, he waters himself. Now, Yeah, we haven't even tapped the seal on these. My mom got my wife. Was this for Christmas? Yeah, it was for Christmas. Well, we just opened them two weeks ago. Oh, we did just open our Christmas presents two weeks ago. You just opened them all. Oh, that's right. Caramel coffee hard candies. Who would like a nice Werther's original caramel coffee? Ah, the boy Dustin. Now we're getting to. Huh? <laughs> Come on. Right? Here, just pass them around. Everybody just, I mean, if, you, if you're feeling the, the need this morning to have a nice Werther's original, 
caramel coffee. I'm sure my mom is offended now that my wife did not eat all of them. <laughs> hey, if you, if you run out in the car, I have some junior mints, um, heart-shaped junior mints mm. for Eric's Valentine's. That's my, that's my. And I'm sure that he would share those with you. Three boxes. Well, well the, idea, the idea here is not candy in general. The idea here is good old hard candy, okay? Hard candy. So, I feel like this side didn't get any. Dietrich, you're, you got your gum going on? No, what I actually have is Oh, you do? Do you like these? And I have the coffee. Ooh, the caramel coffee? Yeah. Caramel coffee or just regular coffee? Um, Here, just, just, just for later, just in case you don't have the caramel coffee. And then here's a couple over here. Pass those around. Um... Are you embracing your inner grandma right now, Dustin? So I remember once hearing a pastor say that the, the Proverbs are the hard candy of the scriptures, right? In the sense that you don't just bite into hard candy, right? Nobody put this in their mouth and just said, right? It would, break your, it would, it would really damage or break your teeth, right? You, have, you, you just kind of have to put it in your mouth. You have to suck on it. You have to enjoy it for a while, right? You just kind of have to allow it, the different flavors, and you, know, you kind of savor it for a little bit. So with the Proverbs, it's the same principle. And with this passage, right, with generosity, with giving, you, you, in essence, you can't just bite it. You can't just come and say, oh, boy, he's talking about money. Um, let me write a check, if, if you do that anymore. Or, you know, here's, here's cash, if you, if you actually carry cash around or whatever. Like, oh, my. Like, you, you, don't just, you don't just, you know, kind of bite it. You, with generosity, with this proverb, you have, to, you have to allow it to be with you for a while to really enjoy this proverb, right? And I've shared this with you guys before. One of the few times I've, I've felt the Lord speak to me was like this kind of calling to grow in my giving. When I was a young, a young man, and I could be having the numbers wrong at this point, I think I made like, you know, this would have been like in my early, early 20s. I might have made like $20,000 that year. I think I gave away like six or eight hundred dollars to the church that I was going at. And I was so disappointed and frustrated with myself. Like, Eric, that is pathetic. That's not even the 10% that the Bible calls you to. But again, it was that moment where the Lord says, just keep, keep, keep growing in this, right? Keep, keep, you know, stay committed to this. Um, and so, you know, as I was looking at, and obviously as I was looking at our finances and kind of all the year-end stuff, looking at it this year, and just seeing to where the Lord has brought me from that day to where the Lord has brought me today, um, I feel, and, and knowing what our family gave away last year, I sit here in 2022 and say, I am so much richer than I was at the beginning of 2021, despite what I've given away, right? And I, I feel... I feel in, in, in this moment as, um, 
I just, I just, I, I don't know. Just giving is as you in, embrace this in your life, right? As this works through you, right? You just be like, oh yeah, I've, I've learned that I can give away and I can become more and more rich. And so I say two things with this. I say it as a, you know, commending the church. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for folks who have given consistently. So grateful, right? Like our church is, again, to have that amount of money in the bank, $14,500, which doesn't seem like a lot of money, but I was like, dude, we're, we're like, we're millionaires. We're just have, I say thank you, like as a condemnation to the church, commending the church. And then also as, as like a challenge to the church that we don't, we don't grow complacent with generosity to become stale, to kind of ha- just have it, a, you know, a route ritual that it's just religious obligation. When I think about giving, we don't pass the plate. I don't ever want giving to be like this moment of like guilt. Oh, oh, here it comes. What do I got here? What do I got? Let me, and I don't want it just to be merely religious obligation. I think giving is a countercultural act that we engage in Jesus to say, man, money is not the end of the, the line here. And I just am so grateful to give it back. Um, so I commend the church. I challenge the church. One last thing on money. So it hasn't gotten too awkward yet, has it? You guys like, okay. Not often in the Bible does God tell his people to test him, right? And he does this, in the, he does this to the Israelites in the book of Malachi, right? And he says, I want, you to bring my, I want you to bring your tithe, which was kind of, that was the Israelite law, right? That was the law that they were doing. I want you to bring that tithe to me and you test me to see if I won't pour out blessing to you, right? And he says, test me. And God doesn't, God doesn't, you know, again, this idea of a test is that we are, you know, think about a, a teacher giving a student a test, right? Think about the position that God takes in that when he says, you test me right? It's almost as he says, you are the teacher and you're putting me on trial, which isn't the posture that we're normally supposed to have with God, right? We are the ones who say, whoa, Lord, you are the one who is in charge. You are the teacher. You are the master of all. But in this particular area in, in finances, God says, this is an area where you can actually test me, right? See what happens. Last two weeks ago when Robbie was talking and he there was that moment when he was talking about finances and he was saying like, you know, we were going through this adoption process and, you know, I think he used a couple of, he's like, I had to write this big check. And then like the next day, like, or the, the next week, somebody, somebody wrote a check back and I, it was, it was like, it was a God thing, you know, and then we had to write another big check and then somebody paid for that check. And did anybody else get uncomfortable thinking like, oh man, that's that kind of weird religious, like, you know. If you touch the TV screen and you send in your credit card number, then you are going to get the blessings. And I was like, and I got a little uncomfortable for a moment. And then I paused and I said, but that's been my experience. That as I've given to the Lord, and again, this, it's, it's weird for a pastor to talk about giving to a church because there's all that kind of conflict of interest. But as I've given to the Lord, whether it's to the church, missionaries, organizations, whatever, sponsor kids, as I've given to the Lord, my experience has been, as I've tested the Lord, my experience has been that I feel richer, more blessed, more secure, more joyful. I feel less anxious. I feel less wanting to consume, less frantic. 
And that's the test that God invites us into, to try me. And it's like, you look at that verse. I was talking to my friend about this last night. and It's like, do you really trust that verse? Do you really look at that verse and be like, yeah, I can build my life around that. Or you're like, nah, it's kind of like one of those Bible verses that I could probably sweep under the rug and kind of operate my finances on my own, right? Man, to, to, to really know that the Bible is something that can be trusted as a way to orient our life, right? So this is it. Thank you, everyone, who over the past year, year and a half, two years, has donated to our church, has given to our church. Man, very, very grateful. Um, it's, a, it's a compliment to every single person sitting in this room. And at the same time, it's a challenge that we continue to grow, to learn, to explore new heights of generosity in our lives. Lastly, the vision of the C's with the G's. You know, I've said this from day one that we really were unoriginal in this. I was hoping to have something really cool, maybe an alliteration or, you know, something really postmodern or something like that that would really, we just stole it from Jesus. Um, and Jesus, you know, the, the greatest thing in the world, Jesus says, the greatest commandment, the most important law, you know, it's just to love God and then to love your neighbors, right? So we just kind of lifted those two things. We at one point had these mugs made and, you know, part of the, the way that we love God, you know, those, those first two words were kind of the, the words that came to mind was worship and prayer, right? As, as we are loving God is, and worship is just kind of, or, worship's not just when Brian plays the, the guitar, which is, it's, we call it music time, but worship is orienting our entire life towards the Lord. And then prayer is that, that two-way communication with the Lord. Dustin, you were praying earlier and said that we would listen right? That we would listen to the voice of the Lord. And as we're talking and listening, that's the prayer. It's the way that we are engaged with the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And then with others, you know, we want to serve those around us. You guys know service has been such a big part of our church since day one. Uh, And then, you know, kind of the community things, uh, the camping, the second Sundays, the Wednesday nights, this is, this in some senses has a lot of community that happens in it. And then this is, this is the formation as we we kind of look at the vision, love God, love others. We do that through worship and prayer, service and, dis, uh, service and community. And then we talk about that as the formation or the foundation for our discipleship, the way that we follow and pursue Jesus. Um, Dallas Willard, in only the way that Dallas Willard can say it, he, he was making this comment about the church, and he says, he says, generally what I find is that the ordinary people who come to church are basically running their lives on their own utilizing their natural abilities to negotiate their way. They believe there is a God and they need to check in with him, but they don't have any sense that he is an active agent in their lives. As a result, they don't become disciples of Jesus. They consume his merits and the services of the church, but discipleship is no essential part of Christianity today, right? And when I think about this, is, is I think about the church. Like what we, this, is, this is the kind of the second part. Like, what are we doing here as a church, right? Like, what's going on as a church, right? Again, the idea is discipleship. The idea is that we're, we're learning to be more like Jesus. And I would say this, that church is a community of people who are primarily concerned with the transformation of the inner self. Your inner self. But here's what's kind of a little bit... Um, can be uncomfortable 
I'm we are concerned with the transformation that's happening in other people, right? Which is not a very popular message often, right? We are concerned, God, I'm concerned that you are changing me and you are making me more and more like you. I'm concerned that you're changing Dietra and making Dietra more and more like you. And Liz and Dustin and Rob and Phil, like that concerns me. You know what I mean? And we need to look at it across the room at one another and be like, dude, I'm concerned about that. I want to pay attention to the way that Christ is transforming the people in this room. And that transformation happens, again, to steal Jesus' words. It happens through love. Guilt, you can guilt somebody into changing their behavior for a little bit. You can bring shame and shame somebody into changing their behavior for a little bit. You can, um, you can punish somebody and hope that they change their morality. To change the foundational structures of the human heart is only done through love, right? That's why we use that phrase, to love God and love others. That's why Jesus, again, the smartest man in the world, used that phrase. So we are concerned with the transformation of the inner self through love. That's what we are hoping happens here on a Sunday morning. You're engaging in the sermon mentally, spiritually, emotionally, right? And you're thinking, God, how does this apply to my life? Holy Spirit, you know, I always pray this. Holy Spirit, speak to me. Show me what I need to know, what I need to hear. Through that discussion time that we normally do the discussion. When Brian plays music, right? Again, this idea that God is changing us, that he's transforming us, that we're singing these songs of love to our, to our Father. Um, and when we take communion, we're reminding ourselves in a very, like, kind of flesh and blood kind of way, right? God, we are actually taking you physically into our bodies. We are consuming you. We want to know. We want to have your power in our lives, your, your bread your blood, right? That, that would, that would um, fill us again. So this transformation, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. And again, when Robbie spoke two weeks ago, I sat here and I was like, that's a pretty good sermon. That has been like a bottle of wine that has opened up in my life because I took a bunch of notes and they've been sitting on my desk. And I keep looking back at his notes and I was just been thinking about that sermon. I was like, man, he said some good things in that sermon. And at the end of his sermon, I asked him, I said, well, what about somebody who's in debt? How, what would you say, you know, to somebody who's in debt? And obviously debt has a little bit of a, you know, kind of parallel to sin can often be used as debt and debt can often be used as sin interchangeably in the scriptures. But he talked about somebody who wanted to get out of debt. And he said, you know, if, if, if that's like a goal in your life, he said, you have to begin with the end in mind, right? What is, so to speak, financial freedom look like? Somebody who's just laid in credit card debt or just underwater. Like, man, they sit there and they think, if I got rid of all this debt, how would I feel, right? And then he said this, you have to be serious about, about that problem. You really have to be serious about it. And then you have to take steps. And those steps often take courage. And I, like I said, I've just been thinking about this. Like, man, that 2022 would be a year to transform, right? That discipleship happening in this church and the different things that we, we would do would be the pathway forward towards transformation. And for some of us in this room, transformation needs to happen away or from something, right? There's, there's, there's something in your life that you're like, man, I, I need to move away from that. Greed, um, just online social anger, <laughs> outrage at particular news outlets, 
frustration with, right, lust, um, you know, and then there also is, you know, maybe you want to transform yourself towards something, right? Like, in place of that, man, I want to take on peace and love and hope and joy. I, I feel like this year could be a real year for me to, to really just be a better listener. Jesus, you're a great listener. To ask good questions. To be more bold with the gospel. To engage in prayer, right? And so, again, I want... 2022 to be that year of transformation and what I thought we would do is in light of um, in, in light of our discussion time and we've done this before as I want to lead us in a meditation this morning and the idea of, of, of meditation is I want us to fill our hearts again as we think about this idea of transformation I want us to begin at that very first point that Robbie talked about as we think about the end of mind, so you're thinking, I know the Holy Spirit's spoken something to you already because it's just like, oh man, that's something that I got to work on. And, and you're going to begin, we're going we're gonna to think about that end in mind. What would it be like to be free either from that or free in that, right? To be free in hope and love and joy or to be free from lust and anxiety and anger and outrage and despair, so whatever the Lord's put on your heart, he's already, I know he's already spoken something to you. We're going we're gonna to do, do a little bit of a meditation on freedom. Um, and I, th- I think we'll, we'll, we'll close it up with that. So, everybody ready? Go ahead and close your eyes. Just kind of get in a comfortable position. And then as you're just sitting there, just take a few deep cleansing breaths. Just kind of, yeah, no panic in your breathing, just relaxed breathing. And just, yeah, just relax. Your posture should be loose, but, but straight. Release it. You know, we carry a lot of tension, neck, shoulders. Just try and release that. Just allow that to go away. Just focused on your breathing. Just being present here in this moment. And and we're sitting here quietly, peacefully. There might be some distractions. We hear distractions outside. There might be some distractions internally as well. And as they come, just... Just gently push them away. Don't fight against them. Just kind of push them away. Nothing to be anxious, frustrated about. Just as you can. Just take a moment to quiet ourselves. Now let's think about freedom. When you picture freedom, what initially comes to mind? Perhaps it 
had something to do with the 4th of July, uh, American symbols, maybe doing whatever you want, not having any rules. But let's take a moment to think perhaps a little bit deeper about freedom. Let's think about a person who might be locked in prison. Could that person be free? Could a person maybe be in what some might think of as, as a menial, tedious job? Could that person be liberated? Could a person who's rich, who's powerful, who's famous, who's influential, who can do whatever they want, whenever they want, could that person be trapped? Could that person be a slave? What does a free person really look like? We're often told that freedom is the lack of any restraint. But is freedom instead having the right restraints, the right limitations? There's a phrase that I've always lived with that I heard along the way. And it's this phrase that says, God wants to grow you to the point to where you can do whatever you want. Think about that for a second. God wants to grow you to the point that you can do whatever you want. That your desires, your ambitions, your wishes, your needs, and God's desires and wishes and ambitions would be one. Think about from the core of your being, of all who you are, above anything else, that you are pursuing love and joy and peace, and patience, and kindness, and goodness, faithfulness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Would a person that lived like that be truly free? Are you interested in that? Now, perhaps there's in your life a temptation, there's a sin, there is, as Paul would call it, a thorn in your side that has traversed alongside you. Perhaps you felt trapped. 
What would it look like for you to sit in this very chair next year being free from that? How would that feel? How would it change your disposition towards life in general to be free? How would it change your prayer life? Your devotional life? The way that you worship God? Would your marriage change? Would your parenting change? Would you change as an employee? A neighbor? A friend? Jesus says that we are the light of the world. Would your light maybe shine even brighter in the world? Having been set free. Now, is this something that you're interested in getting serious about? Be honest with that question. Think about a courageous step that would need to be taken towards freedom. We're almost done, luckily. Let me wrap this up. Okay. Let me. Well, maybe we will be done. (laughs) Let me. We'll finish with that question. Is this something you're interested in getting serious about and being honest with that question? And are you willing to take that courageous step? Excellent. Let me close this in prayer. Kids, can you sit down for a second? We're going to pray. Oh, they got to get their pens, papers, pads. It's, it's drawing time. You know, one of my favorite things you guys know, I, I set up the church in the morning. Oh, there he is. I love to see, like, all their little drawings on the pads that they make. <laughs> Let me say a word of prayer. Lord, I, I hope that, you know, during this time of speaking about the church, thinking about the church, um, and, and thinking about this time of transformation. Um, oh, man, he's excited. Are you excited because I'm preaching or what? Um, Lord, I do pray that this, this year, for a lot of people, would be a year of tangible transformation. And that we would take the steps necessary. We'd be serious about it. Lord, be with us. Um, thank you, you know, these kids, Chris, for, for, for keeping them in charge over there, Lord, and, and, and the way that he's serving the Lord. Thank you so much for that. We're blessed to be a part of this church. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.